Well, this morning is Easter Sunday, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a day that's central to our faith and assures us that our faith is indeed in the right place. No one else did what Jesus did. No one else fulfilled scripture like Jesus did, proving he was who he said he was. So truly, Jesus is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. He dealt with our sin. He died on a cross, being the perfect sacrificial lamb of God. He paid our debt of sin and made a way for us that we might have peace with God. He taught us the way to heaven. He showed us the way to heaven and showed us the way to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. He died. He rose again, proving that he had power over life and death. His resurrection proved that Jesus was the very Son of God sent into our world that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way to our eternal home in heaven. He proved by his resurrection that he is that way, that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we can be saved from hell and destruction. He proved by his resurrection that we truly have a hope for eternity and that we too will rise from the dead just as he was to live forever with him. Jesus proved by his resurrection that he is superior to all others, all prophets, all saviors, all gods, all religions. Only Jesus died and rose again and then ascended into the heavens. No one else has done what he has done, and his grave is marked by an empty tomb as he is risen and alive. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He's above all and over all. There is nothing he cannot do. There is no name higher than his name, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every person, every demonic spirit, every principality, every angel, every power on the earth and above the earth must bow to him. Jesus is our Savior, our hope, our comforter, our healer, our rock of safety, our strong tower, our prayer-answering God. He's a God that walks with us and talks with us and assures us that we are his very own. He is our God who is with us and who promises never to leave us. He is a God who lifts us up and puts us on a firm foundation and a safe foundation. He watches over us and protects us and leads us in the right paths of life. He is the one who is holy and true, the one who has the keys to life and death. And what he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. There is none like him. Jesus is our good shepherd. He leads us beside peaceful streams. He renews our strength. He guides us along right paths. He walks with us through the darkest valleys. He is close beside us. He protects us and comforts us. And if that is not enough, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall live in the house of the Lord forever. Our God loves us. This is a Jesus that we celebrate. As Jesus proved these things, when he rose from the grave and ascended to the Father, he is the risen Savior, a Savior that is alive and real. Welcome him in your life. Welcome him in your home. Welcome him in this church. Welcome him in your community because he stands ready to come in and to fellowship with all who will open that door. A fire goes before him, burning up his enemies. As lightnings light the world, the earth trembles and mountains melt like wax at his presence. The Lord strong and mighty is here. The risen one is here 
in your midst that he is alive. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. That's who we're here for today. That's who he is, Jesus. That's all the things that are credited to him. That's how wonderful and important he is. It was interesting last night as I was praying here in the church and just going over my message and I kind of felt as an introduction to my message to just talk about Jesus. And it was kind of interesting. This uh, person contacted me. Uh, they live about two and a half hours away from here. And they said, hey, pastor, I had this dream about your church. And they said, I saw Jesus coming in your doors, to so those do- front doors of your church. He was coming in to meet with you. And I, and I was thinking like, wow, I've been kind of writing down things just to Talk about Jesus, to, to tell people that this is a Jesus. We're giving him an introduction before he comes in this place. And I, I believe that we're in for something wonderful this Easter time and in this coming year of the Lord moving in our midst and moving in our nation, even though we see all the things around us that may say otherwise, God is still working. God is still working and moving around the world and in our lives. And so this is a Jesus that we want to celebrate today. This is a Jesus I want to introduce to you today. If you don't know Jesus today, and and all these terminologies that I just used, and all these descriptions, that's what he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to be your comforter. He wants to be that strong tower in your life. He wants to be your savior. He wants to be your God, your Lord, your king. He wants to be all those things for you. And so we rejoice and we celebrate our Lord and Savior today because it is an important day. It's a, this day is central to our faith. It's the most important day of our faith. It's central and it's important. Even when we come to this part of baptism, it's rather interesting that as you talk about the resurrection, uh, the death and resurrection of Christ, it's displayed for us right there in front of us through baptism. And so this morning, I kind of want to jump from just talking about Jesus to talk about the death and resurrection of Christ and talk to you how that applies into the service of baptism. Because baptism is also something that's very, very important. And whether you realize it or not, it really celebrates the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So the first area of water baptism that celebrates the, the death and resurrection, resurrection of Christ is, first of all, our belief in Jesus. That we believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. That's very important that we recognize that, that we recognize that he is the son of God, that he is the Lord, that he is the son of God, that he is the savior of all the world. And so baptism starts with that. That's the first thing that you're declaring when you get baptized in water. You're not declaring that you're part of a church or you're part of some denomination. You're declaring that you are a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ and that you do believe that he died and that he rose again. And so that's the most common association that we have when we're being water baptized, making the decision to believe that Jesus did die and rose again. So we're also, as we do that, it's it's more than just a testimony. It's also an aspect of obedience because Jesus tells us that we should be doing what God requires. You see that in Matthew 3.15, Jesus says it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. And so John the Baptist agreed to baptize him. And that's part of the story. And so Jesus is telling us that baptism that you see right here in front of you is something that 
God requires of all of us. It's something that God wants each and every one of us to do. And, and so that's something that each one of us needs to consider. Have we been baptized in water? Have we declared that we do believe in Jesus, that we, we believe in the, the death and the resurrection of Christ? We do believe that it did happen. It really happened that Jesus did die for our sins. It's also a command because just before Jesus ascended, he said these words in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we get water baptized, we're also, it's an act of obedience to Jesus Christ, that uh, we are making a public declaration uh, that we believe in Jesus, that we believe he died and rose again. We believe that he is the Son of God, our Savior, and we are making a choice to serve him. And so it serves as an important testimony that we have faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you haven't been baptized, or maybe you were baptized when you were a child, or, uh, and it doesn't really, you know, that meaning has kind of gone from you, maybe it's time that maybe you can think of being baptized again, that you might stand before others and be baptized in those waters to say to others, hey, I am now a believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm going to follow what God says to do and tells us to be baptized. So that's the most common area where we focus on in baptism, the part where we make our faith public, where we say that we do believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus and that he is our Savior. A second part of baptism that we don't talk about as much, but is also important, is our association of baptism with the death of Jesus. As we get baptized, we're to identify with the death of Jesus. As we go down into those waters and are buried in those waters, we're putting to death the old self, our old ways, our, our past, and we're leaving it behind to be buried. So that's what we're doing. When that person goes down into the waters, and that's part of why we believe in a literal baptism in water, because it talks about Jesus going down in the water, coming up out of the water, out of the River Jordan. And so when you go down to those waters, you're putting behind your past. That's saying, that's behind me now. I'm not going to pick that up again. It's there, it's down there, and it stays there. It's kind of interesting, uh, just as an illustration this morning, there's a heater in this tub. But it really, if you don't circulate the water, all the warm water rises to the top and the coal stays in the bottom. And I think of the burial. Well, you know what? That's where the coal's staying. When you go down that water, you feel the cold. It's staying at that level. And you're rising into a new level of warmth in the presence of Jesus. So that's what we're to do. We're to put to death our old self. We're to put to death our old ways. We're to put to death our past and leave it behind us and literally that it might be buried. Romans 6, 4 to 6 says that. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. And so water baptism associates itself with the death of Christ. We're recognizing that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid the price of our sins so that we could be forgiven. Sin caused Jesus to be crucified. So obviously sin is something that is very serious and something 
that we should take seriously. So when we get baptized, should be a time where we do take our faith seriously and commit to putting our sin to death, to bury it, to put it behind us, that we might now live for God. So as we go down in the waters of baptism that you saw here today, what we need to do is to leave that life behind, putting it to death, that it may not rise up again or be picked up again. Just like right now with that heater that keeps the top part warm, but there's a coal layer in the bottom that it stays down there in that coal layer, that it doesn't come up again. And that's a serious part of baptism that, you know, sometimes causes us as adults, as we get to adulthood, when we've been baptized as kids, Sometimes as we come to adulthood, baptism means even more to us and has more significance to us. And so some make that choice to be baptized again. And if that's you today and you would like that to happen, uh, hey, we're here all week. We can baptize you through the week or we can do it next Sunday as well. But anyway, it's all about putting the old life behind and bearing it. Colossians 3, 5 to 7 says, so put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. And so when you got baptized, you said, I don't want to do those things anymore. Lord, I'm committing all those things that I have done that are wrong, that are not pleasing to you. God, I'm bearing them. I don't want to have anything to do with those things anymore. And that's what you do when you get baptized, that uh, you identify with the death of Jesus as he went to that cross and as he died as a sacrifice for our sin. We now as believers and as followers of God choose to put to death our old ways and our old sinful ways. Do not let sin control us anymore. The Bible talks about crucifying the flesh, putting the flesh to, de- to death, to have nothing to do with those sinful practices anymore. And that's part of baptism. You're saying, you know what? It's behind me. It's not my life anymore. It's not who I am anymore. I am a new person. I have changed. And my old ways, they got buried in that water. And I realize that maybe some of you Maybe you've missed that part of baptism. Maybe you made a declaration that, yes, I believe in Jesus, but you didn't really take it that seriously, and you didn't look at that part of saying, yeah, I need to put to death my way, because you're still struggling, or you're still picking it up. You need to get that place where you say, no, it is buried, it is done, it is finished. I'm not taking it anymore. It is buried in those waters. So baptism should testify to the world that we're done with sin, that we're putting to death our old ways. We're burying them never to rise again. So sometimes that's, we overlook that in baptism because we're excited about getting baptized. We're excited to show that we have faith in Jesus. And we kind of maybe kind of forget that aspect of that. You know what? It also involves us putting to death that old nature, putting it behind us. As we choose to follow Jesus, there's an act of death that we need to apply to our lives, and it's the decision to leave the old ways behind us, symbolically burying them in the waters of baptism. And so I I trust that that resonates within you, because that's a declaration uh, that was being made this morning. You know what? The past is behind. 
I'm rising up to a new person. And that brings us to the next part, too, that we associate baptism with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, there's an identifying in the death of Jesus, but there's also an identifying in the resurrection of Jesus as we are to rise from bearing our past into that new person that Jesus has made us. We really are to be new people, that when people look to us and they see that we've come to Christ, they really should say, you're like a brand new person. You're not the same person I used to know. Well, that's how much Jesus should change our lives, that yes, no, I'm not the same person. I've been born again. I've experienced Jesus into my life. I've asked Jesus to come into my life, and he's taken away my sins. And I've been baptized. I've buried my past behind me, and now I'm making a choice to serve Jesus Christ. So that's what we're doing as you go in those waters of baptism. You're signifying, again, the death of the old ways, but as you rise up out of the waters, you're signifying a new way of living. A resurrection is taking place as you're rising up to be that new person. Romans 6, 4, and 11 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And as just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. So that's what baptism is doing. You're symbolizing that you're rising up to a whole new way of living, a new lifestyle. You're a new creation, uh, and that's who you are now. When you come to faith in Jesus, the Bible says you actually become a new creature in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person or a new creation. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. That's what's supposed to be happening when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. The old life gets put behind and we rise up to a new life serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when you get baptized in water, that's something you need to be thinking in your mind, that, you know what, I'm burying my past, but I'm rising up to a whole new way of living. I'm gonna be a changed person. I'm gonna start living like people I've never seen before. The Lord is my king, the Lord is my master, and I am gonna serve him with my all. See, we're not to go back and pick up that old life. You know, sometimes we really need our hands slapped because we often dip back into that tank and we pull up that old life. We need to remember that, no, I buried it. It's buried, it's gone, it's at the bottom of that tank. I'm not picking it up anymore. It is dead, it's behind me. I'm only going forward with Jesus. And so that's something that's very important for us to recognize Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, 22, 24, it says, throw off the old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And that's what we're doing when we get baptized. We're symbolizing that whole thing that is taking place Uh, Something that takes place on the inside, we're just demonstrating it through the act of baptism of what has taken place on the inside of our lives. That when we accepted Christ into our lives, we put the past behind us, he's forgiven us, he's made us new creatures in him, and we're symbolizing, you know what, I buried it, I'm rising up to be that person that Jesus Christ wants me to be. So in baptism, we are declaring 
I found a new way of living. A new lifestyle is going to be the result. I'm going to prioritize God in my life. I'm going to do those things that are right and that are pleasing to God. And you know, and as people are baptized, the rest of us, we need to be praying for them. We need to be praying that, you know what? Lord, help that person. Help that person indeed to put the past behind. Help that person to bury the past. There's a lot of things in all of our past that none of us really would like to share. But you know what? When we're forgiven, we're forgiven. It's the past. It's buried. And we're symbolizing that when we get in that, in that tub that it's buried. Jesus has forgiven me. My sins are forgiven. They're buried. No more. I don't have to worry about them no more because they're buried. But I'm rising up to a whole new way of living. And that's to serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, another interesting aspect about baptism, you saw Joshua leave. Well, he went out and he changed his clothes. And that's what the, kind of the Bible is telling us that we need to do as well, that you know what, you put on new clothes when you come out of the baptismal tank. You really do. Listen to Colossians 3, 12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. There's some new clothes you put on. You don't put on the same old clothes. They're all wet. You put on some new clothes. And those clothes, there'd be things to be tender-hearted and mercy, loving, kindness, all those kinds of things. Those are just some of the clothes that we can put on when we make that decision to accept Christ and get baptized. So those are some of the things that we need to think about as you come to uh, remembering the day of the death and resurrection of Christ. And then we look at baptism and how the resurrection and the death of Christ, it's all included. It's in there. And you will find it very interesting that it's there in, in all areas of our faith and all things that we do. So we start off with baptism being symbolic of the death and resurrection of Christ. Starts with the confessing that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died and he rose again, that Jesus is who he said he was. He's our Savior. That's the first thing uh, that we come to. And as Jesus died and rose again, he expects us to die to our sin and even apply that in our baptism, symbolically putting the sinful ways to death, then rising up to life to a new way of living to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never welcomed Jesus Christ into your life. You've talked about faith, heard about faith, talked about God, but you never really got that place to say, I, I want this Jesus into my life. You know, we can come to church and we can do all kinds of religious things, but if we don't invite him and welcome him into our life, then really nothing's changing. But we want to be changed, just like it's signified in a baptismal service, that, you know what, I want this past behind me. And so as I come to Jesus and I welcome Jesus into my life, he will come and he will forgive me of all my sins, all that I've ever done. That's one of the wonderful things that God does for us. He forgives our sin. This is not wonderful. It's awesome that he would do that. And so as we ask him in life, he comes, he forgives us. We say, God, I'm sorry. And uh, we strive to live a new life that he has. And then as we come to those waters of baptism, it becomes kind of a symbolic thing of what we've just done in our own hearts and in our lives, that we've said yes to Jesus, we've said no to our sin, and we said yes to a whole new life in him. I encourage you, if you haven't done that today, to do that today and to simply just welcome Jesus into your life and into your heart because I'm telling you, he is here. He is in our midst. He says, I am with you always. 
You may not see him, but he is here, very much alive, very much here, wanting to come into your life, wanting to make himself very real to you. And it can be just as simple as a little honest prayer and say, God, I need you. I welcome you to come into my life today. But you know, another interesting thing about the death and resurrection of Christ, you know, it's, it's in everything that we believe. And another aspect that we're going to end with here this morning is with communion. And again, the death and the resurrection of Christ is again seen in this as well. Because the Bible tells us, again, we're doing something that Jesus says we're to do. We're commanded to do this. It's not really an optional thing. It's something that we're commanded to do. Uh, If you believe in Jesus, then you're to partake of the Lord's Supper or communion. There's lots of different names that people use for it. And we take that bread, and that bread is to remind us of the body of Jesus Christ, uh, the body that went to that cross to die for our sins, that he paid the price for you and I, that we could be forgiven. That's what that little piece of bread represents. And then as we come uh, to taking the cup of wine, and as we drink that, he says, that's to remind us of his blood that was shed so that we could be forgiven. Because in any sacrifice, uh, there needs to be blood that is shed. And so Jesus shed his blood for us that we could be forgiven and that we could have new life. And so as we take of communion, we remember the death of Christ through the, his sacrifice, through his uh, shedding of his blood. And then it says in the ceremony as well, it says to look forward to until he comes. He's coming again. We're serving a risen Savior. We're not serving a dead Savior. We're not just remembering someone who has died, but we're remembering someone who's alive and that is coming again. And so that's a wonderful part that even as we partake of communion. And so as we come to this point in our service, we want to welcome each of you here today. I know we have lots of visitors, and uh, this isn't a, a table of a church or a denomination. This is a table of the Lord. And uh, if you're a Christian and you want to share with us today, you are more than welcome to share with us. If you don't want to share, that's okay too. We'll be passing out these emblems. You can just pass it on to the next person. You don't have to partake if you don't want to. It only takes a few minutes, but that's something we'd like to do as we conclude our day and as we conclude this Resurrection Sunday to partake of the Lord's Supper that reminds us again of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Father God, I just thank you for all that you have done for us. Lord, you are so worthy of so much praise. And I know, Lord, this morning we've come into this place and we've gotten ourselves ready. We've come to church to to honor you, to uplift you, to praise you. But Lord, really that is just so little, just so little when you deserve so very, very much. So Father, we just pause again today to say thank you. Thank you for our salvation so rich and so free. Thank you, Lord, that you loved us, that whosoever would believe in you would not perish but have eternal life. I thank you that, Lord, we have eternal life, that we have forgiveness of sins through you, Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray today as we remember your death and resurrection, that, God, that you would help us to live for you, that you would help us to profess our faith, that you would help us to put our past behind us, and, Lord, to look forward to the future, the good future that you have for us, because, Lord, you have good things for us, uh, a hope and a future plan for us. And so, Lord, we look forward to that. And, God, if there be someone here today that, Lord, has not gone to that place where they welcome you into their life, 
God, I pray they'd do that today, even as they hear my voice, that they could just simply say a little prayer out to God uh, under their breath and say, Lord Jesus, I want what that man is talking about today. I want you into my life. I want to experience you. I want to feel, I want to know that I know that you are real, that you really did do all these things for me. I pray, Lord, for encounters to happen uh, right now into this place where people will encounter the Christ. I pray that you would come to them in the name of Jesus. 